us with your power. Live inside of me. You're the living water. Never dry and fountain. Comforter and counselor. Take complete control. wonderful weekend so far since Friday night actually since Thursday night Friday night is there a reason why those doors are open on no okay <laughs> we keeping them open oh okay that makes that work for me Praise God. How many are glad they're here today? Hallelujah. Praise God. I want to read one uh, portion of Scripture and then we can be seated, okay? <clears throat> Today's lesson is called Born of Water. Aren't you glad you're born of water and of the Spirit? Praise God. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren... I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you've received, and wherein ye stand, by which also you are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died. Let's say he died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. Let's say he was buried. And that he rose again. Let's say he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Aren't you glad that he did? Praise God. Lord bless you. Shake some hands and you may be seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Praise God. My wife and I were going home yesterday afternoon, and uh, where's she at? She's right here. Uh, sometimes while I'm driving, she'll get on her phone and see what's on there and stuff and uh, run through some uh, uh, emails, whatever she's checking out. But she found Brother Hatterball had a celebration and hoping, uh, happened to have Brother Lee Stone King on. Which I, I thought, how old is that? She said, no, it was just happened. So thank God Brother Stone King's up and going and stuff. And But he said this, and this is why I'm bringing this out and remembering that this is an apostolic church. Things are to happen when we gather in here. Something is going to happen today. I do not know what it is, but it's going to be of God. 
I don't know who's going to be healed, but there's going to be something going to happen here. Why? Because this is an apostolic church. Whew. Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. We're not here worshiping each other. We're worshiping him. I haven't come here to thank you and to shake your hand and hug your neck, which is fine, but I'm here to get something from God. And the power of God is in this house like I've never felt it. It was so mighty back in this room. Oh. Brother Pearl and I were just talking before service that uh, we all react differently to the presence of God. And I don't know about you, but I am so sick and fed up with all the news. This is going to happen next. That's going to happen next. Baby formula here. Gas is going to be 10 bucks a gallon, you know, this and that. I'm tired of that kind of stuff. I don't feel good when I hear that kind of stuff. But when I get into the presence of Almighty God, I feel a whole lot better because I know he's on the throne. And I know he watches over us. He sees us where we walk, where we put our feet every day. Why? Because we've been born of the water. We've been born of the spirit. We're anointed of God. He's got something in store for us every day, and things are going to happen in this house. Feel him in this house today. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm glad he wasn't stale in the grave. I'm glad Jesus didn't stay buried. He had stuff to do. I understand that. It's kind of crazy because it doesn't make any sense. These people think that we are so foolish that we're going to believe anything that they put out to us. And why are they just grasping at straws and trying this and trying that? Because they're back in the corner. They're seeing their world start crumbling down. They're seeing their kingdom of cards start falling and, collapse, and, and just collapsing. They don't know what to do. That's why they're doing all this crazy stuff. Oh, I'm glad I'm in the house of the Lord. I'm glad I am. I have, um, um, I, I, I said Friday night, and I, I'm, I'm glad we stayed and, and uh, took part in that. Uh, <clears throat> I, I think if you have not started some kind of reading, extra reading in your life, um, you need to start doing that. You need not only this book, this is priority. But there are other people that have other ministries that have other writers that have write things to help us along. And <clears throat> it comes from experience. I mean, it's easy for us to go back home and to kick out in front of the 
the, the TV, watch your football or whatever you're doing or whatever, or be entertained. This day and age that we live in, it's not the time to be entertained. That's exactly what they want to do is entertain you while they're over here doing all this stuff. If I want to entertain something, I want to entertain the presence of God. If I want to spend some of my time, uh, all of our times are precious. Why? Because we're all so busy. Spend time learning something. Spend time growing somewhere. Spend time in the presence with God. Spend time doing godly things. Feed the godly person in your heart. So um, I finished the book. I told you I finally finished the book called Stolen Focus, which I recommend. And maybe, I don't know, do we have a recommendation of books and stuff that the church does on the website or anything. Anyway, yeah. Um, <clears throat> when I was at men's conference, I picked up uh, the book of prayer. And uh, Brother Bruce really whet up our, my appetite uh, to get into that book. But I'm halfway through another book that I picked up. It's called Breaking Intimidation. And I thought, well, that's pretty fitting, even to what we do, but it's fitting in the spiritual realm as to the, the devil lives and works on intimidation. And he'll intimidate you all day long and let you just leave and let you just stay there being intimidated because he knows you aren't going to do anything because of his presence. For instance, if Dave, if I was the shepherd boy David, I was running after uh, uh, and I would get to the... Uh, the camp and hear this big giant Goliath howling at everybody, that's intimidation. The Bible says they were all hiding in their tents. But we don't need to be intimidated by the devil because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So what we need to concentrate on is doing God's will. Amen? All right, enough of that. Uh, we just read in Corinthians, we're talking about born of the water <coughs> today. Um, <clears throat> incidentally, I missed, we missed you guys for the last couple of weeks, but we got to a place and, 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 uh, rested quite a bit. So we're good, good to go for another year. <laughs> Paul de uh, declares in these passages that we read what the gospel is. Let me know what the gospel is. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, and it's made up in three parts, but yet it's one gospel. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up among the people when he asked, when they was asked him what to do to be saved. He gave explicit instructions on obedience. Let's say obedience, obedience to this gospel. When he said in Acts two thirty-eight, then Peter said unto them, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ." For the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Again, there's three parts, and there's one plan of salvation. This is how we apply the gospel to our lives. Let's say apply. Every time we come into church, we should hear the word of God, and it's up to you and I to apply what we hear to us. Because God's got something for you. How many believe that? How many has ever gone to service and it's, it's what you put into it. If you don't put anything into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. 
Here's another lesson that I learned. If you're my age, old people, I found a difference when when I know I'm getting ready for church, and I've just discovered this with my my my, my wife uh, this last year is when I do not eat breakfast, when I do not put fuel in this tank, I'm going to have a horrible time worshiping. Why? Because I'm tired. Oh, I feel tired. And, and now I'm talking about me. And sometimes, it's not anymore, but sometimes you, you, you can't really humiliate yourself sitting on the pulpit nodding off. The worst thing that I've done on top of that is eat a bunch of mints. So now I'm throwing sugar. And then when I then when it gets bad, then I get really blah. Hey brother Bruce, you got a pillow, you know. Listen. <laughs> Listen. God's got something for you. I want to be awake. I want to worship the best that I can worship. If it takes me eating some eggs and bacon or whatever I need, I've got to put fuel in it. Why? I'm going to spend it to worship God. I want to come in here and be the best that I can give him because he's worthy of my best praise. Oh. He's worthy of my best. This is how we apply what God's given us. The worst thing that I can do is take my time out, come into an atmosphere like this, and do nothing. The worst way I can praise God is get all ready and come in here and not worship the Lord at all. What am I telling him? What am I saying to him? You haven't done enough. Come on. What am I saying to him? You're not worthy? What am I saying to him? I don't believe you anymore? What am I saying to him? Do you understand that the extrinsic, I said this Friday night, it's the extrinsic, the outside worship, the outside motivations of your heart. You don't want that to drive you to do things for God. What you want to do is have the intrinsic worship of God on the inside of my heart. I've got to let rods drive me to say, God, I love you so much. I worship you with all my heart. I'm the one that's got to do it. <sighs> Not because the gasoline's going up. Not because Washington's crazy. That does not drive you to worship God. What drives you is your love for him. And he's worthy of all the breakfast I can eat. He's worthy of all the energy that I can save up. He's worthy of all the preparations. Why would I dress myself up and brush my teeth and my hair and come in here and go to sleep? Stay at home and sleep. Prepare yourself. Prepare your body. Prepare yourself to receive something from God. 
Apply what you feel. Apply what's going to be preached today. Uh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God made this gospel simple to understand. This is sometimes how I, 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 I can't think how people think sometimes. And I'm not supposed to think like you think. But when it's simply put, buried with him in baptism. When it's simply put, repent. Be baptized and receive the Holy Ghost. When it's simply put, what's so hard about obeying the gospel? Well, I got too much to give up. Well, I've been hoodwinked and intimidated all my life. Or, well, and I'll get to this at the end if I, if I get to it. Well, I've been uh, tricked by the devil to believe something else all of our lives, and that's the way it's always been in our family, so that's the way it's always going to be. That's not how God attended it. He intended to uh, save us through the word, through preaching the word. Uh, I may not even finish this today. <laughs> we just simply believe and obey God. Just simple. That's the way they did it back then in the day of Pentecost. It's the way they did it in the early church. We just simply believe and obey. <sighs> In his book titled Bill Drost, who is another publishing house about a missionary to South America, former missionary, I'm kind of giving you the Cliff Raj notes of, of, there's two pages, there was probably like ten paragraphs about this story. And I I wanted to share it, but I didn't want to read two ten paragraphs to you because then you fall asleep on me. <laughs> In his book, The Former Missionary to South America, Bill Drost, he gives a testimony of an experience sharing the gospel to an outlaw named Juan, who was the right-hand man of a large crime boss down there named El Terribo. Did I say that right? El, El Terribo. <laughs> Through the influence of his mother, Juan felt burdened to bring the gospel to this outlaw members, and he got Brother Dross to go with him to their villages and preach the word. Now, El Terrible, there you go, my three years of Spanish. You know, I took three years of Spanish in high school, and I talked like a two-year-old. It was never exercised. I didn't have anybody talk to in the 70s. Lesson learned. Receive what God's got, but you've got to exercise what he's given you. Lesson learned. If God's done something for you, don't keep your mouth shut. Witness. He said you're going to be a witness. 
You're just going to be a witness. Might as well talk about it. El Terrible. Through the influence of his mother, I told you that, and he went from village to village. And this El Terrible, he didn't like that because the guy's messing with my stuff, right? <clears throat> this, is, this is Raj again, Raj's notes. Traveling through rough terrain from village to village, reading scriptures under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, while waiting for this El Terrible guy to make a scene, Baptizing Juan's fellow outlaws, Brother Drost received a request from El Terrible to come to his area and talk to him. He was doing something he didn't like. But listen, it takes a special anointing. It takes a real man of God and a missionary. I don't know what year this was, but you, you have to keep believing in God no matter what. You just keep trudging on through the hip deep mud and wading through the rivers to get to the place where God's wanting you to be. Why? Because there are people there that need to hear the gospel. There are people there that need to be born of the water and of the spirit. There are people there that need their lives changed. And this thing is I've learned also is God works on the other end while he's working on your end. So don't think that God's not helping us out. He is helping us out. Don't think that God's left us to do all this all by ourselves. Even if it's the price of gas, I believe God's helping us out somehow. <laughs> Finally, after days traveling on the mules while preparing to baptize Juan, with their guns drawn and pointed at Brother Drost, El Terrible, under the conviction of the Lord, jumped into the water requesting to be baptized as well. And in the end, many of the outlaws were repented, baptized, and filled with the Holy Ghost under Brother Drost's ministry. Why? Because God sent them. Why? Because somebody obeyed. Why? Because somebody applied what is said. Why? Because somebody trusted God. I wrote down here Brother Mossberg, 1965, Glencoe Apostolic Church. That's where I was. Why? Glencoe was the area of Columbus, the east side. G-L-E-N-C-O. I, I was just a kid. <laughs> I don't know what it meant. I don't know. That's the church I went to. Why Brother Mossberg? Because... When we gathered in the church in the basement where the baptistry was, it's a big sheet of plywood that covered it up, and they would take a broomstick and shove it all up, clip it off there. And oh, We were little kids. We could just barely reach over and, and, and look inside and see all the water and stuff. Brother Mossberg was so excited to get baptized, he didn't wait for Brother Moore, the pastor, to. he jumped right in. Of course, he had to baptize him again, but that's why I wrote that down there. I thought of this, and I thought, I remember Brother Mossberg. The gospel writers record the last request of Jesus Christ this way, Matthew 28, 19. He said, go ye therefore, teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. You think those guys that were with Jesus all those years would go around and do something that wasn't right? 
you think they would disobey him and not do what was right? <clears throat> Mark 16, 15 and 16 says this. He said unto them, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. I know these are familiar scriptures with us, but we're talking about baptism. Amen. Luke, the 24th chapter, verses 47 through 49, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in the name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. John 20 and 23 says this, Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. What has that got to do with baptism? I'll tell you what. Is we help them with baptism. We help them get into the tank. We help them explain it to them. We help them, and, and uh, all of us who have been baptized are in this kind of a chain of baptism. This goes all the way back to Moses, all the way back to the tabernacle plan. Well, each time their, uh, uh, Aaron's sons and the priests were washed or baptized, they started this chain going on. All the way through history, whenever the priests were washed, they flipped into this chain. But when it got down to John the Baptist, John says, it's not for priestlyhood anymore. It's for the common folk. So you that want to get baptized, you can come. Even though I'm baptizing under repentance, there's somebody that's coming that's greater than I. And that day, Jesus walked out into the water. Jesus came in, he looked up, and he said, you need to baptize me. And Jesus says, no, John, I've got to baptize. You've got to baptize me because i got to get clipped into this chain. So when you go down into the water, when you get up into this baptismal tank and you go down in Jesus' name, you are clipped into this chain and you're part of the family of God. You've taken on his name. There's a lot of power that's in your life now. Don't let the devil tell you that it's just nothing. You just got wet. No, you did not. You obeyed the gospel. Ha! So, yeah, we help them through the physical act of baptizing those that want to willingly obey the gospel. It's amazing how much attention people give to the fine print of documents involving an important legal matter, such as a mortgage, such as an adoption, or a large purchase as an automobile, or some kind of contractual agreement of some kind. Yet, when it comes to salvation... An all-important act of obedience to the Scripture involving not just, not just life as we have now, but it's involving eternity. People do not pay attention to what is written and how baptism is performed. I don't know why they just somehow disagree with it. They just somehow explain it away. They just somehow do the, 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 just what's easy. It wasn't easy for me to walk down the aisle as a kid being raised in church. Or walk down to a repentant altar. It was hard. But I'm so glad that once I took the one step, it didn't matter. Well, the reason that I took that one step, I took that step. 
And God just kind of drew me the rest of the way. And then I just made up my mind, like, I'm in it this far. I might as well just continue. And I'm so glad that I did. I'm so glad that I did. So, as smart people, we want to line up with what God's word has to say, don't we? I always want to do what this book says. No matter what some other person put together, no matter what some kind of counsel put together, no matter what kind of thing that man said, well, this means this and this means this, so let's do it this way. I don't want to pay attention. I want to do whatever this says. I want to obey how they did it. I can read. This is basically put together on a sixth grade level. And it's not in Spanish, though there are translations in Spanish. I can read and understand English, and it simply says that I've got to repent. It simply says that I've got to be baptized in Jesus' name. And it simply says I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost. I was a Cornelius Acts, the 10th chapter, salvation guy. I got the Holy Ghost at youth camp before I got baptized. But when I got back to church, I got baptized. Anyway. So, there are two points concerning baptism that we want to look at. First of all, it's called the mode of baptism. What, this is what is done. This is the action that is taken. And in Christianity today, it's either immersion or by sprinkling for another formula or another mode of this action that's taken. The second thing we want to look at is the formula. What is spoken over you during the act? This is also important. It's important what you say. How do you think God's going to forgive you of your sins if you don't ever come down to an altar and repent and say, Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. You know how to ask forgiveness, but you've got to say it. You can't just say, I mean it. You can't just light a candle. You can't just write it on a note. It has to be spoken. And it not only has to be spoken, it has to be felt way down in here. Because when you really pour out your heart to God, when you really empty everything on an altar, you come up different. Why? Because you've touched God. Why? Because you've obeyed the gospel. Why? Because you're starting something else in your life. You're changing. So it's important what's said. Amen? The formula, what is spoken over you during the act. Today, it's either in Jesus' name or the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Oh, and I've heard people just kind of combine them all together and say it all. That ain't going to work either. That's confusion. You either are or you're not. The Greek word for immersion is called baptizo. In John 3.23, John also was baptizing in Anon near to Salem because there was much water there, and they came and they were baptized. Why? Because there was much water. This is why you go down into the water. This is why you are buried. We, when we bury people, unless they're in a crypt or somewhere up, you, you dig a hole in the ground and put them in, you cover them up. You bury something. You don't ever want to just sprinkle dirt and that kind of stuff. It wouldn't be a good thing. 
This is why you are buried with him in baptism. Acts 8, 3, uh, 35 through 39. Philip opened his mouth and he began at the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. Aren't you glad for that? And as they went on their way, they came into a certain water and the unique smart man said, See, here is water. What doth hindereth me to be baptized? Don't you wish everybody that came to the Lord had that kind of an attitude? I want to get baptized. What's wrong with this bathtub? What's wrong with this over here? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Why? He's different man. Why? My sins have been forgiven. Why? I've been cleansed in the presence of God. Why? I've been washed away. Why? I've, been, I've got a new name that's attached to my life now. I'm not the same that I used to be, and I claim that all the time. The devil will want you to say, see, you're going backwards. See, you're backsliding. See, you've got your old friends back again. See, the same old way still works. See, but you've got to bend your, bend your knees at an altar and forgive uh, and ask for forgiveness, and that blood still covers you. That baptism's still there. You still have that name. Why? He set it up that way. Romans 6, 3 through 5 says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism unto his death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life. Put away that stuff. For if I have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Those are the scriptures, simple scriptures that work with the word and the uh, example as being immersed in water when we baptize. It's called baptismo, the Greek word. So now let me give you the scriptures. Let's be fair. Give you the scriptures for sprinkling. The Greek word for that is called rantizo. Do you have those, John? You don't have those because there isn't any. There isn't any. Why would I want to be baptized according to We just read a few of them about being baptized and totally immersed in water. Simple stuff, isn't it? So what's the formula for baptized? In Jesus' name, they did it in Acts 2. In Jesus' name, there's examples in Acts 8. In Jesus' name, there's examples in Acts 10 with Cornelius. In Jesus' name, in Acts 19, the, the uh, uh, disciples of John in uh, Ephesus, in Acts 4 and 12, <coughs> Peter says this, Neither is there salvation in any other name. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Aren't you glad for Jesus' name? 
Aren't you glad that you don't have to do a whole lot of stuff if you need his help? All you got to do is say, Jesus, I need you right now. Aren't you glad that no matter what comes your way in your life, you just whisper Jesus and he's there. He'll take care of everything. He'll help you out of your situation. You don't have to get somebody else. You don't have to go to a priest. You don't have to sit yourself in some kind of a symbol on a floor somewhere. You don't have to get some kind of seance or some kind of incense. All you need is the powerful name of Jesus. They believe all kinds of stuff. Yet when they read a scripture like Colossians 3.17, Paul says, and whatsoever ye do in word and in deed, do also in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. We'll pray in Jesus' name. We'll do this in Jesus' name, all kinds of stuff. But when it comes to baptizing, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. I want the example of that. Oh, the formula, Jesus' name. So let's look at the one for the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Hang with me here. I'll be done in five minutes. Jesus, on his last commandment to them, it's written in the book of Matthew, says, Go ye therefore and teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So let's look at this. Now, I've learned a couple new things about this scripture. I've been in this all my life. I've heard this preached hundreds of times. I've been preached it myself, studied it. It's all kinds of stuff. We know that the titles are Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They're titles. But first of all, let me look at this. In a couple of verses prior, you say that there's a setting here. Where did this come from? Where did Jesus say this? It was in a mountain top. There's no water up there. So why would he ask them to do something where there wasn't any water? Because in all the examples of the Bible, when people were baptized, they did it right then. Oh, but this is different. No, it's not. So the setting was a place where there's no water was around, so nobody was baptized. You keep reading it, you can't find it in this scripture. There was no example of anybody baptized this way. None. Again, we'll give him credit for this one, but we'll have to mark it as zero because it didn't happen. Again, number two titles, <clears throat> just one name of Jesus. Here's the other part. This was written in A.D. 62 when all the baptisms that happened prior to that Three decades prior were done in Jesus' name. And here's the kicker to that. Well, why would Matthew write this? Here's why he wrote it. Matthew is not saying, let's change the baptism formula. What he's saying is, Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. Awesome. So when you obey the gospel according to scriptures and you've repented, you've been baptized in Jesus' name, and you've received the gift of the Holy Ghost, Acts 1 and 8 says you will be endued with power from on high to be witnesses. So God knows who his people are. How many know that? 
God's got something for you in this service today. He anoints his people. He sees you. He knows where you're going. He knows who you're going to run into this week. So he's got something for you in this service. I know that. I feel that like never before. There's an atmosphere in the Roger just said, no, I'm not just saying that. Are you kidding me? We've been doing a whole lot of preparation. We spent hours Friday night in this sanctuary. There's something in here. Ah. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, last point that I'm going to make. And I, I it, it's, it's a personal reference. Last week I experienced my first Catholic wedding. Oh, my God. It's an hour and, hour and change. But it was so ritualistic. And, and I'm, not, I'm not making fun or criticizing or ruling, but here's the point that I'm making is there was no presence of God there. I mean, I'm talking nothing except what I felt, and what I felt was kind of spooky. So, ooh. But it was my family, and, you know, God bless them. Let's just go. And it was a lot of, to me, this is what I got at. It's a lot of show and tell of talents. A lot of show and tell. Oh, that was a beautiful song. But it, it, it was empty. You know what I mean? It was empty. You know what I mean? It was empty. But these people believed that they were doing the right thing. That's the problem, is they're kind of sidetracked and hooked on something to believe in with all of their heart and all of their families and all of their lives. And throughout all the, 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 the history of their families, they've always done this, so it's a traditional thing. But it's put together, I believe, by Satan, so the people are how better to get people uh, occupied with something else than what the truth is. Maybe that was a long explanation. How better to get you out of the game than to get you occupied with something on the sideline? And you say, oh, well, this is the way it is. Sure, the songs are beautiful, things were happening, all that kind of stuff, but there was just nothing there. Why? Why wasn't there anything there? No Jesus' name. No, Jesus' name. We want your blessing, Lord, so that we can go and live however we want to live. Not good. And, and, and I saw that end of it, too. But we want your blessing, Lord. Oh, we've been blessed in the church and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? It's not there because there was no power to the name that was given to you. 2 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12 says, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned and believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. 
I got blessed by the priest so I can live whatever I want. I went to communion this week so I can live however I want. That's not, that's not true worship. That's not it at all. Please stand with me. What a better plan is it to make someone else believe that they are in when they're really not in at all. That was my experience. I'm thankful for the name of Jesus. Aren't you? Revelation calls this lukewarm. Halfway? No. I don't want a half of this or a half of that. I want everything. Especially when it comes to eternity, I want to know all of it. Let's sing our song. Thank you for your attention today. Let's Spanish and I can speak just a little bit but you know what the big language that I speak it's called Jesus I speak Jesus <laughs> awesome Lord bless you amen we're going to go into prayer and be back for the service today
sign on my front door, so I always get the ring notification. Somebody's at your door, and it's just my sign going, 